What's up guys, Dalton here. Before we hop into this episode of the PT Coffee Cast, I just wanted to touch base with you and say thank you. Thank you for tuning in. Whether this is your first time listening or you've been rocking with us since day one, we appreciate your support. Every like, comment, share, subscribe, whatever it is, truly does mean the world to us and it continues to push us to put out the best possible content for you guys. Before we hop in, I just want to talk to you about our partnership with Physio Network. Physio Network is on a mission to improve physiotherapy standards worldwide. They do this through their research reviews. If you sign up, you'll get 12 research reviews per month in both written and audio form. Articles are selected and appraised by industry experts such as Sandy Hilton, Mary O'Keefe, Tom Goom. Um, former PT Coffee Cast guests such as Teddy Wilsey, Sam Spinelli, Jared Hall, Tom Walters, and plenty more. They're clinically relevant and recently published, and they take less than five minutes to read one review, saving you hours of work. This also solves that problem that we all struggle with. How do we stay up to date with the research? Physio Network has you covered. They also give you access to a members-only Facebook group, and you can do quizzes that will get you CEU points. They got it all. If you guys are interested in trying out Physio Network, you can start your seven-day free trial now by using the link in the show notes or our bio on Instagram. This will give you the option to play around, see what you like. Do you like listening? Do you like reading? And just seeing the amazing content that they give you guys, and then you will join because Physio Network is amazing. We'd love to hear from you guys. If you have signed up for Physio Network, please let us know how your experience has gone. We'd love to hear, and we can pass on that information to them. Also, if you guys haven't noticed, we've moved the PT Coffee Cast to its own Instagram page. So head over there so you don't miss out on any content. You can follow that at the PT Coffee Cast. We've also started a PT Coffee Cast newsletter so that you guys can get up-to-date information on the latest episode. If we have any new merch dropping, maybe some coffee, whatever it is, we want you guys to know about it first so you can follow the Instagram page as well as sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss out on anything. That's all I got for now, guys. I hope you enjoy this episode of the PT Coffee Cast. Welcome to the Movement PT Coffee Cast, where we sit down and talk about physical therapy, health, and whatever else comes to mind during our coffee-infused conversations. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the PT Coffee Cast brought to you by The Movement. My name is Dalton, and with me, as always, is my beautifully bearded friend, William. William, how are we doing today? I'm doing good. I've had uh, two coffees, no breakfast, and have gone for a run. So we'll see how this goes. I was going to say, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I don't know. Ah, it's, it's mixed feelings. It's mixed feelings. <laughs> Halfway through, you're just going to rage out because you haven't had your breakfast yet. Exactly. And all I could help uh, notice is our guest's uh, coffee mug, actually. What was that? Lifted it up. Oh, with the mustache. Yeah, yeah. it's a great mug. It's beautiful. <laughs> um, nice birthday present this year. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I was also up early going for a run today, man. It's like we were on the same, same wavelength this morning. Well, I was going to say, I think this is like one of the only days where I've actually gotten up earlier than you. Yeah. You beat me this morning. Things are flipped upside down. I know. I don't know what <laughs> world we're in, man. Um, 
but we'll transition into our episode today. We're, we're excited to dive into this one. It's a, it's a topic that Will and I, I would say, probably aren't well versed in, but I think it's a super important topic that um, needs to be discussed, especially, especially in the healthcare space. So today we have Ryan and Giacomo on. They are physiotherapists out of Toronto, but they've also started to put out content and start their own kind of business and called Allied Health Financial. So we're super excited to talk to them about all things finances. So Ryan and Giacomo, welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Were you guys up at 5 a.m. running this morning? Not a chance. <laughs> Giacomo probably was. Giacomo's a triathlete, so he might have You know what? I was up at 5.30 expecting to run and then made the mistake of looking at the weather report on my phone and it said it was, you know, torrential downpour was imminent and then three hours later it still hadn't rained yet. So I, uh, I made the mistake of trusting the weather network this morning. Can never trust them. Never. No. Um, just to dive into the episode, why don't you guys start off? Let's just do a little brief background into, into each of you and then we'll, we'll jump into all the fun stuff. So, Brian, why don't you kick it off for us? Yeah, for sure. So... Jack and I met in uh, in our master's program in 2014 and in 2015, oh sorry, in 2012 and then in 2014, 2015, we each kind of did our own little journey for a little while before starting the Allied Health Financial in February of this year, 2020. My journey is right when I got out of school, I didn't have a ton of debt, so I was able to get into the investing game pretty quickly. So I educated myself as much as I possibly could. And my investing journey allowed me to save up enough that uh, last year I was able to be able to purchase a condo downtown Toronto. I would never have been able to do that if I hadn't started this journey that early or I hadn't taken the time to educate myself. What do yeah, you and my journey is, oh, sorry, guys. Go ahead. So yeah, the, I guess from 2012 to 2014, my journey is pretty similar to Ryan's because we went to school together. but. Uh, we kind of had slightly different outlooks coming out of school, like Ryan was saying. So I graduated with about, it was just over $70,000 in debt from like master's, undergrad, housing, all that kind of stuff. So um, I, I'm going to say a little bit more of an uphill battle. Uh, but I mean, Ryan did such a great job with his investing. And he really, he's really the reason why I'm here with him today. He, he taught me a lot of, of what we try to teach people. But um, yeah, through through investing and saving and different debt repayment techniques, I was also able to pay off most of that uh that bad debt that we like to talk about which i'm sure we'll get into more today um but then i actually was able to just purchase my first home in toronto with my wife three days ago nice so, uh, congrats that's yeah. awesome yeah it was a it was an arduous journey but we're there so now we just gotta spend a whole bunch of money on furniture and home renos but uh <laughs> Giacomo giving me that credit is like Warren Buffett's dad giving him a book on investing and then being like my dad taught me everything I know like it's just <laughs> Hey, take it, take it and run with it, Ryan. <laughs> um, so what, what led you guys into like joining forces and, and, and starting like allied health financial, starting to put out content. I know you guys have the blog podcast, all that good stuff. Great question. So like we said, in 2014, 2015, we started doing our investing and we, we both work in private practice. And in that case, you know, that no one's going to be paying your pension. No one's going to be helping contribute to your RSP, any RESP for your kids or anything like that. And we just sat together and recognized over probably a cup of coffee earlier in this year and said, we used to be exactly where a ton of new grads are right now. They're 
focusing on becoming experts in their field, mastering their craft, making sure that their patients are as well tended to as possible, but they are not worrying about their financial future. And I don't say money because money is a huge thing that they do, that they are very concerned about. They, they have debt coming out of school. How are they going to you know, pay their rent? What's their paycheck going to look like? A lot of unknowns. So money they do worry about, but their financial future is, is just too far beyond the horizon. So we realized that there's a huge lack of education around what people can do to solidify their financial future. So we both take a personal interest in the world of finance and we recognize that people don't have to do what we did. They don't have to spend that kind of time. And if we can amalgamate a lot of information and put it out there, it'll save a lot of people a lot of time and more importantly, a ton of money which can be hundreds of thousands down the road when, when done the right way, for sure. So in 2020, we started up the company and our goal is to help Canadian healthcare professionals of any kind maximize their wealth potential. Yeah, and what, um, what is some like, I mean, I know you hit on, hit on a few things. Like, I like that idea of thinking about like your, you said uh, financial future as opposed to like the money aspect of things. And I'm just curious, like, what are some of like maybe the misconceptions or misunderstood things when like new grads come out of like PT school with regards to like their finances? Like, what are some things you guys see? I guess one of the, the, the biggest thing that we see kind of across the board, but I think it's, um, probably accentuated, I guess, with new grads is that you, you need a guy or you need like, you need a person to handle all of your finances. And when it comes to a certain point and, and things get super complicated when it comes to like, you know, tax implications and higher level investing and all that kind of stuff, you definitely should have a person that like, you know, you need to, to come to for guidance. But I think a lot of people, they can, you can start doing the basics really on your own. Um, and then the second thing for new grads is definitely the, you know, I'll start later. I don't have to worry about this until, you know, I'm, I'm 30 or 40. And it's actually like, if you start putting out a little bit of money right now, and it might seem like an insignificant amount put into the right kind of financial investments with something that's like low cost and automated um, in like a, a tax free savings account or an RSP, like the, the amount of time that has to compound and grow is huge. So I think, um, the fact that you can't do it on your own or you can't do most of it on your own and that you, you can start later are the two biggest misconceptions we see uh, among new grads for sure. What do you think is like the biggest barrier for physio specifically or, or I guess just healthcare professionals? Is it that, is it something to do with just the fact that we're so tend to be so focused on helping other people? And when you're getting out of school, you're focused on, you got to land the job, you got to pass the national exam or whatever it is that your healthcare demands uh, or that your profession demands. There's just, I, I truly believe it's, it's a lack of cognitive brain space in terms of you can only focus on so many things, right? Where are you going to live? You know, what kind of job you're going to get? And then all that kind of stuff is so exciting. And when you get out, there's so many different places that you can put your money, you can repay your debt, you can put your money here or there save for your first vacation kind of thing. Oh, it's September and Christmas is coming up. I got to get presents for my family. There's so many different things that you're not thinking about. Oh, if I put, you know, hundred bucks a week into my TFSA and hundred into my RSP, I'll be off and running. It just doesn't even make it there. So. Yeah. I feel like when you're in school, uh, things are going so quickly and it, you, you don't have that kind of like, time to just sort of sit back and reflect on some of those things, you know, and maybe we should. 
Yeah, I think it's it's interesting. I'll never forget. And I mean, trying to design a PT curriculum that you can try to fit everything into two years is I can't even imagine what that is like for for the schools in Canada. But I remember in our in our some of our business streams through our schooling, it was a lot of, you know, this is how OHIP works. And then we went into like incredible detail about OHIP. And I, I can't say I've really thought about that since whatever test we had that I had to regurgitate that information. But you know, like I have to think about taxes every year and my investments and debt repayment all the time. So I think if we could, you know, weave it into to PT school a little bit, it would be great. And I mean, we had a we did a little webinar with the U of T PT class this year, and it was awesome just to hear like the amount of questions about things like, hey, do I need disability insurance? Or like, do I need life insurance? Or how do I repay debt? Like, should I focus on this? And there are things that are clearly there because it was just question after question after question. Um, but I think it, it'd be nice if we were able to kind of just, just kind of even plant the seed a little bit, right? It's like, you know what, these are four great books to read when you want to stop reading about pivots and pathoms and whatever. Um, and you can sit there and, you know, really just learn about something else and have something that's applicable to you throughout the rest of your life. Yeah, totally. And that, that stuff's so, so important. And I think what's, what's great about you guys jumping into the space is like being physiotherapists, like you can really resonate with younger physical therapists or any physical therapist. Cause there's probably people out there that have been out of school for a long time that still struggle with finances and debt. Right. Um, so, so I think that's a, that's a great thing. Cause people can look at you guys and be like, Oh, they're very similar to, to us and you can speak the same language. And, and that, that's, in, that's important. And you guys are Canadian, which helps the Canadian side of things too, because I know content wise, there's a lot of stuff out there, but a lot of it's us based. So I'm super, I'm pumped about the fact that you guys are out here doing this and I know I'm going to learn a lot. I was reading through some of your content briefly the other day and I'm like, man, I need to spend way more time on this site. Um, but what I want to transition to next is let's like kind of dive into some of the tangibles. Um, like, let's just say you're a new grad coming out or even someone who's like, Hey, I need to really figure this, this out um, with regard to like paying back debt and starting to take, get my finances in control. What are some like simple like steps that people can start to take um, to take control of that? I think I'll, I'll fill this one with, with my little, my little background there with coming out of school with a lot of debt. Um, We'll go into kind of, I'm not going to go too deep into this stuff because it can, it this could be a whole podcast on itself, but totally. um, there's a great uh, post on the website and we'll, we'll put a link up and um, it'll be alliedhealthfinancial.ca slash coffee. And anything that we kind of mentioned through here, we'll put it up there for your listeners. So it'll be kind of an easy one-stop shop for them. Um, but basically you want to start off by, we like to categorize that as good debt and bad debt. Um, so you can think of good debt as anything that really increases your net worth or as like shallow as it sounds, how much you're worth financially. So things like a mortgage will tend to increase your net worth because they help you buy a house that will eventually increase in value. Or your student debt is good debt because it's typically low interest. Um, if it's provincial, it's tax deductible and it'll help you land a job, which will help you make more money. So it's any debt that will help you make more money in the future. Bad debt is anything that doesn't help you do that. So like car loans, because everyone here is like the moment you drive it off the lot, it's worth $20,000 less than it was or whatever, and or any like credit card debt, that's, that's your bad debt. So what you really want to focus on is clearing your bad debt first, as it typically tends to be higher interest. Um, and then you want to focus on your good debt. And when we get to the focusing on the good debt, you can kind of make a decision on do I invest or do I pay off my good debt? Um, 
and we can chat about more of that later if you guys want to, but that, that, the blog post goes quite a, quite a bit more into that. But the biggest thing when you're paying off debt is having a plan. Um, you just start throwing like different sums of money into different debt accounts um, at random times in the month. It's just, it doesn't tend to work well. Um, and having a realistic plan, like we've, we've had people talk to us who have been like, you know, I'm just going to eat like Mr. Noodles for every meal today and, you know, put 70% of what I earn towards debt. And that's not going to work. You're going to burn out. And then at some point you're just going to throw up your hands and, and not do it anymore. But, um, my favorite way to do it is, is called the debt avalanche. Um, I don't know why I got that name, but it's cashy. Um, so basically you think about ordering, let's say that you have three different accounts. You're, that are debt accounts that's bad debt. You're going to put them in order of highest to lowest interest. You're going to make the minimum payments on all of them, except for the one with the highest interest. So any extra money gets put toward that highest interest debt until you pay that off. And then you go down to the next one and you add it to that next debt and then you keep going down. And basically that gives you a really structured way to, to take care of your debt. And it math wise, it helps you really pay off the debt as fast as possible. Um, and also pay the least amount of interest. So that's kind of our, our go-to. Um, and the other one is, is called the debt snowball, which basically it's more just same idea, except you order your debts from uh, smallest total balance to largest balance. Um, it doesn't help you really pay things off faster or with less interest, but it'll just help you tick off boxes. Um, so basically if you're someone that needs to like see things crossed off the list to get motivation, even though you're gonna probably pay a little bit more interest in the end, that's really gonna help you get traction and get going so if that's kind of how you're intrinsically motivated that's probably the best way to go about it but those would be the two the two different ways to do it either the avalanche or the snowball but as long as you have a plan that's really the most important thing it's funny to see the parallels between that and like you know the kind of like fitness and health realm uh where like my first thought would not be to think about you know how am i motivated and like how am I going to pick the best sort of plan that I'm going to stick to? Uh, but I think it, it's obviously so important, you know, because like you said, you know, it's going to be like a future endeavor. It's not going to be something you're, I mean, unless you strike it big, uh, it's not going to be something that you kind of clear out quickly. So it's interesting to hear that. Yeah, for sure. It's a very, uh, I think it's a really overlooked side of the the kind of financial game a lot of people look at it as just numbers but there's you know there's a person behind those numbers and there's real life behind those numbers so um it is it is like rehab that way whereas you know you can give someone all the exercises that you know you want to give them but you know if they've got three kids and a job and you know whatever you need to make sure that it's a realistic plan for them so it definitely parallels that for sure and then i know like obviously i'm assuming part of this plan is like a budget and I know that's something I've I read on like a couple of your blogs is like the budget and, and having that set up so maybe we can again I know these are complex and deep topics but maybe you guys could just cover some some ways that um, you like to like start to encourage people to budget and start to get that in order as well what we've designed is uh We've designed our financial toolkit is what we like to call it. And if you go to our website, you can sign up for it. And what we'll send you is basically something we call our financial planner because no one likes the word budget, but it's basically our budget. Um, oh, I used a bad word, eh? I'm sorry. That's yeah. why everyone was laughing. 
it's uh it's one of those things man even up to now if you say the word budget my stomach just kind of shrivels up a little bit it's, just, it's, it's an uncomfortable uh it's an uncomfortable word for people it's a trigger word That's true. um and then it gives you our tax tracker which helps you like keep track of taxes if you're an independent contractor and then uh, a savings calculator as well so it's a it's a neat little set of three different tools but um Basically, when it comes to budgeting, if you, if you Google like how to make a budget, the first thing you're likely going to find is a list of like, you know, 32% of your income should go to housing, 16% should go to groceries, 12% should go to entertainment, 3% should go to your dog. Like it's, you'll get all these random arbitrary numbers um, that really can't be, it's hard to like make 16% of your income groceries every month. Like it might be one of those months that you're hosting a big party. So it's going to be slightly more, or you might be, you know, stuck at the clinic because I know you guys are in the middle of like building a clinic, right? So I'm sure you guys are spending long nights ordering in food and you're probably not spending as much time, you know, on groceries or, or whatnot. So we find that that's just unrealistic and just makes people kind of feel bad about themselves really, because you're, you're unlikely to stick to those numbers. So what we like to make sure people do with this financial planner is a, you know, your fixed expenses every month and you know what's coming out of your account and you know what's coming into your account. And the tough thing for, for PTs or allied health is that it tends to be variable. Like we're not salaried employees. We don't make the same amount every two weeks or every month. So we've, we set it up in such a way that you can kind of take the last year of income and estimate what you're likely to get every month um, to kind of help you get some better numbers. And basically by the end of it, to not go through it step by step is you're going to figure out that you're, you know what's coming in, you know what's going out, um, and you know what your spending money is. And this is after investing, debt repayment, insurance, and all that kind of stuff. And then in our minds, you're spending money at the end of the month, you can spend it on whatever you want. And the best thing is you've got, I don't know, $700 in two weeks to spend, and you can spend it on anything we want, but you know that you're covered for rent or your mortgage, you know you're covered for investing, you know everything else is covered. It takes the stress out of the word budget. So it can make life a little bit more relaxing because you know that you're covered for your future, you're covered in case anything goes wrong, and you know that like I can spend this money guilt-free. And whether it's on expensive coffee or something else, it's it's all good and you're covered. So that's that's our biggest budgeting suggestion is to not make it too too structured, but to make sure that you have kind of all your ducks in a row, you're covered, and then you can you can go from there. And that's definitely super important. It kind of comes back to what you were saying before. Like this is obviously a long game and, and you want to make sure that you're not burning out and you're not causing so much stress and frustration that you can't continue on and you get to the point where you're like, screw it, I'm done. And I think that's a problem that I'm, I'm sure happens with a, a lot of people um, as they go through their debt journey, I guess we could say. Um, all right, let's transition to Ryan since he came out of school, not in debt. Um, and let's talk a little bit about like investing and, and this is, again, this is something that I don't really have a lot of knowledge in. So I'm about to get, get learnt today. Um, but like diversifying your, your income, is that like, what does that mean? Is that, is that in line with investment, investing into other things? Like, let's hear about that. Yeah, for sure. So no matter what, in terms of what job you work, so let's take, you know, physio for an example, you are limited by the number of hours that you can work in the day because you are your income. You can only see a finite number of people. So your, um, your earning potential is, is maxed that way. And then the second way you can earn more is if the clinic pays you a higher percentage to see those people. But once you kind of hit that max through there, which around 
physio is kind of 50 percentish and you're full throughout the day your earning potential is max and i've seen people who are you know five six seven years out and their earning potential is, is pretty much as high as it's going to be unless they make a drastic change they go and open up their their own clinic or they take on a secondary job or another role whatever it might be so we really try and emphasize passive income and that's what investing basically is it's earning income while you're working while you're sleeping while you're doing anything at all you loan money or you own shares in a company and they are paying you money passively to do so and then you let it sit for long periods of time and just let it grow so if you don't have that then it'll be significantly harder for you to retire for you to save for your kids education for you to be able to make that home purchase for sure yeah and and um what like what are some strategies or ways that people can even just start to think about this? Cause again, like, and I know like we just talked about debt and, and like how to pay that back, but there are probably some people that like are coming out of school without debt and they're, they're, you know, thinking like, what do I do? Like, how do I start this? Um, do you have any like tips or, or thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of what we're really trying to get, the information we're trying to put out to everyone is is two main things. First of all, we're really trying to to lift the blindfold off what these terms all mean. So we've all, even though we're all in the scientific field, we've all read articles that are way over our heads, right? You pick it up, half a paragraph in, you're like, I don't think so. I'd have to spend hours just researching what those terms are. So for what our audience is, those terms are TFSA, RSP, stocks, bonds, ETFs, savings accounts. And what we're trying to do is basically say, okay, all of these belong to this area and all of these belong to that area. And if you know how they interact, then you know how to use your money appropriately and put it into these accounts in the most effective way possible. That is going to earn you the most possible money. So by unveiling the terms and, and seeing that, you know, they're really just regular words and, uh, and they're just masked with these complex terms, it's easy to understand. And we're trying to self-empower people to be able to do it themselves and then the next thing that we're doing and one of the biggest things one of the the pillars that's not obviously in our mission statement or anything but one of the most important things we're trying to prevent is new grads walking into their bank and saying i have money to invest where do i put it and the bank saying do we have a mutual fund for you so if we can avoid that then that we, we will have succeeded for sure. That is one of our big things. And I'll use an example from one of Giacomo's latest articles um, on our blog, which is about how fees can kind of dig into you. So for example, if you go into TD and they're giving you a mutual fund at 2.2% and you've got Wellsimple at kind of 0.5% or you sign up for your own platform and you just invest on your own and the fees are gonna be around 0.2%. If you invest, what are the exact numbers here? $1,000 per month for 35 years. That TD growth will have about 700K in it. Uh, well, simple, you'll have just over a million. And if you do it on your own, it's more like a million six. So it's, and that's a million 60,000, not 1.6 million. But the difference between just well simple and that, just the difference in a 1.5% fee leads to $300,000 in, in difference, right? So. I invested in mutual funds for probably two years before I learned this information. And then they said, call your bank and find out what your rate is. And I called them and they said 2.3%. And I think I just hit the floor and I just realized. So fortunately got out early and now I've got the next you know, 30 years to do it the right way kind of thing. But if you, if you have the, 
the confidence to be able to, to do this and just start and you can see the improvements, you know, within months in terms of what you're paying and, and what you're earning. Yeah. And I like, I like how you commented on like simplifying it and defining these terms. And, and I, I noticed on your Instagram, like that's a big thing that you guys try to do. And, and I think that's huge because even speaking from my, my personal standpoint, like these things can get complex, like they seem complex and, and there can be, I mean, even from my position, like fear around this idea of, of investing and, and where do I put my money? And a lot of it's like lack of knowledge and not really knowing. And then you're putting trust in, like you're saying the bank who you would think would have your best interest, but maybe they don't have your best interest. And like, it's a, it can be a very like fearful and, and there's a lot of anxiety around it. So it's, it's awesome to see you guys like breaking it down like that and trying to make it simple. So people can kind of like how we try to empower people to take control of their health. You can empower yourself to take control of your finances. So that's awesome. Of like we, we talked about new grads a little bit, but there's, there's a lot of like seasoned physios that I know that are, like legit some of the smartest people I've ever met in my entire life. And I'm going to go out there and say right now, I'm not that smart myself. So the fact that like I can, we can figure this out. And a lot of people think like, Oh no, this is way, way above my intelligence level. It's just one of those things that like it hurts so much because it's, it's really not that complicated. You just need to put a little bit of a time into it. And I mean, I'm one of those people that thinks the financial services industry kind of has a little bit of a hand in this to make it seem really complicated. So you can't really figure it out yourself. Um, but I think it's one of those things that if you, if you empower people, like what you guys are doing with fitness and health, it's like, it's amazing how when people can take something into their own hands and then run with it, you're just like, cool, I've done my job. You know, you're, you're, you're on this journey on your own. If you need help, we're here. Um, but we're kind of like, like you guys in terms of trying to get people started and get the ball rolling and, and showing them that, you know, like this is doable. You can take control of this. Um, it just takes a little bit of time. Yeah, for sure. And Ryan, something I really like that you talked about is like that, that cap, right. Obviously that we can make um, as, as physios and like you eventually hit that ceiling and that idea of like diversifying your, your, your income streams so that you can continue to make more. And like, I think now more than ever, it's been evident like with, with people who've lost their jobs because of, COVID and if you had only one kind of stream of, of revenue and you're solely relying on that and all of, all of a sudden that's pulled out from underneath you and now you're sitting there like holy crap what do I do like I think you know and you could touch on this maybe a little bit about why it's important to to be investing and diversifying your, your income stream so that it can almost give you some safety nets in in situations like we're going through right now yeah that's a great that's a great point and there will be one other kind of caveat we'll make to that so when you're investing, yes, it definitely helps you you save your money. Now, Jock and I are we're not day traders, and on that note, we're also not financial advisors. So we always recommend that you talk to someone who you who has a designation who you can trust, for sure. But when it comes time to something like COVID, and you need access to your money, typically when you need access to your money, everyone needs access to their money, and that's because the economy is on a bit of a downturn. And the last thing you want to have to do right now is pull your money out of the market because chances are you were going to be selling at significantly less than what it was at the peak and maybe even what it was when you bought it, which is not obviously the goal. So one of the big things that we preach is you have to have an emergency fund set up. And the emergency fund acts as a buffer so that you don't have to borrow from the bank or from yourself, both of which are losing causes. Obviously, it's much better to borrow from yourself than it is from the bank. 
but you will have to borrow from the bank and then pay back that debt, which is not what you want to do. So an emergency fund set up so that you can access that. So you can keep your money in the bank because we are always saying by, um, you know, you're buying ETFs, market indexes, you're in it for the long haul. You're not buying it in March and selling it in April. You're definitely not buying it this week and selling it next week. We're not trading Apple. We're not trading Amazon on the market when we think it's going to be hot and cold. We're not good at it. And even the guys who are paid big money on Wall Street, they don't get it right a lot of the time either. So we're not going to try and pretend like we know we don't. But playing it long, something like COVID, if you have an opportunity to, it offers an opportunity to put more money in because everything has gone down. And that's what we basically do. We ride it out and when the market goes down, we put a little bit of money in and then it goes up and it comes back down. Now, that was a little bit different for us because this time our jobs were affected. Anybody who was in private practice, especially from physios, as we were mandated to close, none of us were making the same money doing tele-rehab. So this was a bit of a unique one where we couldn't do that. But anybody who, if you talk to them in 2008, anybody who pulled their money out regrets it. Anybody who put more money in, living the life. Yeah. And that emergency, like, I mean, that kind of comes back to that whole budgeting thing. And I'm sure that's something that you, you, you build into the budget and, and again, like listen to you talk, like it's super important to have these things planned because we all tell ourselves, Oh, like not, this never going to happen. Like, you know, there's, there's never going to be a, a repeat of 2008 or there's not going to be a crazy pandemic that's going to shut down the whole world. And, and then there is, and then you're sitting there with, you know, your pants down for a lack of better terms. Um, so having that, having that, uh, that emergency fund is important. And again, these are things like I, you think people think about, but I know that people don't. And, and even for myself, like if I would ask myself two years ago, like I, when I was leaving school, like I wasn't thinking about any of these things. And recently in the last year or so, I've done a little bit of learning on my own and have started to like implement some of these strategies that you guys are talking about. Um, but I obviously I can continue to improve on it, but it's just, it's just so important to like even talk about those simple things to buffer yourselves for situations like this that come up. Yeah. I think it's, it's a lot like rehab that way, you know, like you got to start with the basics. If you don't build a foundation, then there's no point on doing anything fancy on top of it. Yeah, totally. Um, so outside of like, let's say the content that you guys are putting out, which is, which is great by the way, what are some like, books or podcasts or things that you guys use to like educate yourselves prior to starting to um, put that, put this content out. Um, in terms of there's, I mean, there's so many good books out there. Um, but like you were saying before, this is probably the biggest area where a lot of the, a lot of the stuff that's written for the U S is applicable to a lot of Canadians. Like a lot of the basic concepts are the same, but, you know, you'll start reading things about 401ks, which are basically the, the equivalent of an RRSP in Canada. So some of that stuff can be confusing. But um, some of the bigger Canadian books, I'd say, like The Wealthy Barber is like the gateway book into personal finance for a lot of people. It's just like the, it, it's really like it's well written. It's conversational. It's, it's great. It's a little bit older. So it does talk about mutual funds a lot, which we don't like. But, you know, a newer version would talk more about things like robo-advisors like Wealthsimple or, or ETFs. Um, there's, uh, worry-free money is a great book on like the budgeting side of things. It's actually what we've, um, really used to kind of develop our, our financial planner. Um, and it's a great book that kind of takes you through real world examples. Um, and then if you're, if you're going more into investing, Ryan, you've got a few books that 
that you like there, right? Yeah, one of the big books that I read was by Charlie Munger, who's Warren Buffett's right-hand guy. And he basically just said, you don't know. We don't know. We think we convince you that we know, but we don't know. So you don't know. So that's where we get the, there's basically a couple ways to trade. You can either go, you can either try and, and time it, which is very difficult. You'll lose as often as you win, if not more, or just start, start early and be consistent. And that's what a lot of the books read. So that one's called The Complete Investor. It's Charlie Munger's book for sure. Um, I think that would be my go-to one as well. But I've also read Wealthy Barber and a random walk down Wall Street and a few other things for sure. Yeah, and um, the one, so, someone that I've been consuming and read their book was uh, was Dave Ramsey. And I'm sure you guys have heard of him. Um, I mean, curious to hear your thoughts on that. Like, do you have you guys consumed any of his content? Do you, do you find it valuable? Um, I learned about kind of like the debt snowball, like I know he's big on that and like about the emergency funds and all that stuff. So that's kind of where I've gotten my base knowledge from, um, in the past. For, for stuff like that. Um, yeah, I believe he has, he has a podcast, I think, where he kind of does a question and answer sort of thing yeah. as well. So yeah, that's, that's a helpful resource for, for people. Um, I guess on that, that podcast standpoint as well, there's um, Build Wealth Canada is a, is a podcast that they, they, again, really tailored to, to Canadians, which is nice. Um, and I'm trying to think of, it's the, it's the Mo Money podcast, but M-O apostrophe money, which is way better than if it was called More Money. Um, oh. There's also another Canadian podcast. Uh, it's a good one as well. Uh, but yeah, any of the Dave, Dave Ramsey's got a few books as well, which... Uh, mm good reads for anybody that's getting started in, in the, the personal finance field for sure. Yeah. Um, just to, to wrap up on that note, like what is like one like piece of advice maybe you would give to someone who's just starting out that feels like super overwhelmed with this? Cause I think that's a big thing that people experience, like from your, your guys perspective, obviously, you know, talking about being in, in debt and like getting out of your debt and now just buying your brand new house. And then Ryan, like in, into the investing world and like, you know, trying to continue to play the long game. Like what are some pieces of advice that you would give uh, people who are just beginning this, this uh, journey? Jack and I might have maybe a different piece of advice, <laughs> but uh, we'll see. So the big thing that we're, we're trying to push here is, is we're not going to do the work for you. We're, we're bringing as much information together as we can. And we're trying to simplify it so that when you hear all these terms, you can say, okay, a TFSA is, one jar that I can put my money into and my RSP is another and my savings account is another, but it's a little bit different because it doesn't fall into the same umbrella. We're providing as much information as we can so that people can educate themselves, but we can't take the information and, you know, cram it into your head for sure. This stuff is a whole realm, a whole section, a whole industry of the world. And it takes time. You're going to have to start somewhere. And what we hopefully done is, put enough information together so that when you read through the articles, you can start to say, okay, this is starting to kind of layer up. I can start to understand this. And when I peel back the onion, it goes deeper and deeper that we're trying to make it as easy for people to do this journey themselves, but it's still going to take a lot of time to read through and it's going to take a little bit of time to understand for sure. But we're helping you out along the way. Awesome. Yeah. And I think I'm just going to really echo that. Um, it's not all that different, Ryan. So you were wrong on that one. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, yeah, I would say the, the biggest piece of advice I would have is start. Like start somewhere, whether it's picking up a book, 
um, or, you know, reading allyedhealthfinancial.ca, little shameless plug. Um, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like nothing's ever, nothing anywhere has ever been accomplished by burying your head in the sand. It's never going to get anything done. So whether you educate yourself a whole bunch and then decide, you know what, I can't do this. I don't feel comfortable doing this all on my own, but I'm going to find someone that I know is going to, you know, either help me invest in things that are in my best interest and not in their best interest in fees, or you decide, you know what, I'm going to try this myself. Just educate yourself and start. Um, because there's, you're so many people get into this like paralysis of analysis kind of state and they just won't do anything because they're too afraid. Uh, you know, there are some large implications to this. It is, you know, your savings, it is debt, it is retirement, it's all that kind of stuff. But um, yeah, basically just, just get started and start learning would be my biggest piece of advice. Let's say that you take, you know, you're thinking, is this going to be worth my time to do? Let's say you spend 100 hours, 100 hours reading through our site. And the one thing you take away is that you should not go into mutual funds and you should put your stuff into Wellsimple. You're paying yourself for those 100 hours, $3,000 an hour to do that if you extrapolate the difference in, in the fees over time. So it is most definitely worth your time. <laughs> um, that uh, it's a little bit of an investment for sure, but it will pay off huge because we want people to, when someone tells them something, be like, mm, I don't think that that's right. If you can educate yourself to that level, then it, it's like a layer of protection from anyone who's trying to get you to do something that may not be in your best interest. Yeah, and that's so important. It's so important to have that understanding. And, and I think that's probably one of the biggest problems that a lot of people face. <laughs> Um, anything big coming up for you guys, like, uh, in terms of any, like things you guys are putting out soon or plans down the road, you guys want to chat about? Um, and if not, why don't you just leave where people can find the rest of your content? We, I guess the biggest thing we've recently done is Ryan has started uh, putting all our written content into podcast format. Um, he's got the better voice, better voice and face, to be honest with you, of the two of us. Um, not that you can really see that in podcast format, but um, those are coming out. We're getting through our back catalog, which I, I think is great. I think, you know, I'm, I'm uh, guilty of this. And, you know, when I see a 3000 word blog post, I'm like, yeah, I'm not sure I'm really going to read this right now. But uh, Ryan's been able to condense these things into audio format. So they're great. Um, yeah. We're just working out on that, continuing to put out content. And uh, the best place to find us is either at um, alliedhealthfinancial.ca um, or you can find us out. We're on Instagram. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. We're on LinkedIn. Uh, we're not on TikTok yet, but we'll we'll see if uh, if that makes okay. an appearance soon enough. I don't know if you want to see us dance. Giacomo, you you don't have the you don't have the the face or voice for podcasting or for podcasting, but you got the TikTok moves. Is that it? I mean, I guess we'll have to wait and see. <laughs> Um, yeah, guys, thanks so much for coming on. Honestly, this was, um, I know there's so much depth to these topics, but I think like talking about them and having people start to think about them and then dive deeper. And obviously you guys provide those resources on your website and we've given out some other resources for people to, to talk about. I think it's a, um, it's a great, it's a great starting point. And I just want to say thank you for, for the information that you guys put out. And I think it's a huge thing, um, that we need more of. And, and I'm sure that I'll be knocking, on your doors sooner than later because I, I got some more questions um, that I could probably use some answering for. But again, thanks for, for coming on and we appreciate uh, all the information.